All right, everyone, thanks for joining my podcast today. This is the Pristine Grace podcast, and my name is Brandon Kraft. This podcast is available exclusively to Sermon Audio and to the pristinegrace.org website. And I know some of my listeners out there, they've never really made it over to the Pristine Grace website. So if you haven't, please go check it out if you're interested in solid gospel teaching by a wide variety of free grace gospel preachers. There's also a discussion forum there as well. And there's also uh, a books collection. And my collection, my personal collection of digital books and various items that you may be interested in. Additionally, you can also get instant notifications for when I create a new podcast or go live by downloading and installing the Church One app for your phone. You can get that by going into the Google Play or Apple App Store and uh, searching for the Church One application by Sermon Audio. It's a pretty nifty tool. Anyway, let's go ahead and, and get into it for today. today. Today's topic, one that is very critical to me, is on uh, freedom of thought thought. The uh, title of today's podcast is Believe Like Me or Else. Are you familiar with that attitude? (laughs) I certainly am. I I see it a lot now. Uh, It's nothing new. It's been around for centuries. Uh, Freedom of thought, though, and expression of it, it's, it's something that ironically is not very well tolerated in many of today's churches. And I say this is ironic, it's, it, the reason I say that it's be ironic is because this freedom of, to think independently, in my opinion, is inherently taught in the scriptures. We, we have one teacher, and his name is God. Uh, the, his name is Christ. And the Holy Spirit, he illuminates the, the gospel and reveals the truth to every one of his elect people. Every individual that is elect will be taught of God. The scriptures are quite clear on this. And I'm just going to go over a few of them with you. Uh, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Nehemiah 9, 20, chapter 9, verse 20 says, Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not my, thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Matthew ten nineteen, and verse 20, But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you, in that same hour, what ye shall speak. First John two twenty seven. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it is as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Very clear, the Holy Spirit is to teach us. 
But in today's modern church world, which I like to call churchianity, they don't worship the Holy Spirit. They worship men. And they insist that you have to follow this teacher or that teacher. They want you to submit yourself to this man or that man, or in some cases, this woman or a board of elders. Now, I certainly believe in submitting myself to those who are in authority over me. Um, I'll certainly submit to the elders of my church. I'll submit to the governing authorities in my community and my my country. But what this submission entails is quite different than what I think many people think it is. And I'm not going to go into what is proper submission in this podcast. I'll say that for another time. But ultimately, I just wanted to drive home the point that we are bound by our conscience, which in reality is controlled completely by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that leads us into all truth. And he does this through the preaching of the gospel and the reading of the scriptures. He gathers all of his people at his time. And then he leads them into the light and the truth of the gospel. But you wouldn't know it if you walked into most churches today. Pastor so-and-so has been set up as the supreme leader. (laughs) What he says is what you should believe, they say. Men have set up creeds and confessions as the ultimate authority instead of the scriptures and conscience. They have set themselves up as intermediaries. And because of that, you'll find yourself in a hard place if you at all are independently minded and have an independent thought. And I believe this is true for most all churches. Uh, Try standing up and saying you believe something that goes against the traditional teaching of the church, and you'll see where it lands you. Most likely, it gets you kicked out of the door in most places. And this is true not just for strong, confessional, creedalistic churches, but even in most places that claim not to be creedalistic. Try thinking something that the pastor doesn't agree with and see where it gets you. There are a lot of Baptists and supposedly nonconformist popes running around out there, in my opinion. And this is true even in social media. Extreme adherence to an unspoken creed is required to stay in good graces with the circle of so-called friends you have on Facebook. Don't believe me? Well, I've seen men say they're studying the doctrine of God and state they have a different way of explaining the Trinity be shunned and mistreated by many sovereign grace popes. They kicked them out of their circles, defriended them, and even blocked them. These same popes, they get upset if you don't bend your knee to them and submit to their opinion on everything. Then they insult others by writing poetry about how everyone else is self-righteous, and they aren't. Their hypocrisy, it stinks. They say they believe in sovereign grace, but then they show no grace to others. They judge harshly, condemning those that don't agree with them on every little jot and tittle of their unspoken confession. And they do this for one reason alone. Christ is not everything to them. The gospel is not their rule for living. They are under the law for living. Maybe it's not the Mosaic law, 
but it's their own personal law. Believe this or else. That's their law. You believe what I say or you're out. And they want everyone else to be under the same miserable law that they themselves are forced to abide by. Oh, you don't want to believe with them on baptism, creedal baptism? Anathema. Oh, you don't believe in tithing? That's part of the law. My law, anyway. Anathema. You can't possibly be my brother if you don't agree with my wording on the Trinity. Anathema. Well, I've got news for them. They're Pharisees. They are the sovereign grace popes that want to lord over you and your conscience. My message to you today is this, if you're out there listening. Christ freed his people from the law. He delivered them to freedom. Freedom of thought and conscience and the Holy Spirit. And if any man says he is to be your teacher, you better run from him, because he's not. If you love God and his gospel, then he is your teacher. God is. The, the Lord delivered me from false religion back early 2000s, 2000, 2001. He showed me the scriptures. He showed me the truth of the gospel, and he didn't do this through any man other than maybe John Gill, who wasn't alive at the time, <laughs> or the Apostle Paul. In the church I was in, they threw me out. They threw me out of it when it became evident that I had independent thoughts. The elders actually tossed my application for their seminary school and even told me to leave the church when I said that I didn't think tithing was a requirement for a believer. And I never said a word to anyone else. They just didn't like me thinking apart from them. This was before the days of Facebook and social media. And uh, they they couldn't handle somebody thinking differently from them. They even spent more time devoted to sermons on the importance of tithing before they asked me to leave. So I'm all, I'm all too familiar with the binding of consciences that men try to perform on others. So, so uh, I, I, I'm very, I dislike it very much. So, so the question you might be having is, how do we avoid this in our own congregations and in our own churches? And I've got one answer for you. Preach Christ. Preach Christ and Him crucified. Your unity is in Christ. It's not in a detailed creed. Your unity is in the gospel. Without Christ and His gospel, there is no unity. So, And if there is to be division, there shall be division over one thing. Christ and His gospel. If a doctrine one believes disagrees with Christ and His gospel, well, then it's worthy to divide over. Example. Here's an example. Some women, they wear their they wear head coverings. Others don't believe in wearing them. Is there anything to divide over? No, not at all. It has nothing to do with Christ and his gospel. It has to do with church practice. You can certainly get along with each other if you have to. <laughs> Some people believe in infant baptism. Others don't. Is this anything to divide over? Well, only if the infant baptism is of such that it is perceived as baptismal regeneration. Same thing goes for creedal baptism. If it's seen as regeneration in the baptismal process, well, then that affects the gospel, and and that's reason then to divide. Otherwise, no. It's it's nothing big enough to divide over. Pedo-Baptist Augustus Top Lady and uh, the Baptist stalwart John Gill, they disagreed over infant baptism, yet they embraced each other as brothers. 
They may not have gone to the same church, uh, but they still loved one another as brothers in the gospel, in Christ. And so it should be with us. When we have a disagreement with someone over doctrine that we feel must be discussed, then we meet together in love to discuss it. We sit down together with open Bibles, open hearts, open minds, willing to listen to one another in love. And you have to excuse my uh, wind chimes. I didn't turn Do Not Disturb off on my phone, my iPad. <laughs> okay, and we're to pray to the Lord to reveal to us all truth. We, we don't bash each other over the head and declare one another to be heretics. We simply divide when necessary, which hopefully is rarely, although it is, it is indeed necessary at times. So someone in your church has a different belief in you. So what? If it's not affecting the gospel, then let it be. Each man should be taught of God. Don't force your thoughts on someone else. Romans, Romans 14.5 says, One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. It doesn't go into as to why they esteem one day above another. It's just that they do. Okay, I think this, this principle that Paul is laying out here is, it holds true to all doctrine outside of doctrines which are critical to the gospel. And when I mean critical to the gospel, I mean doctrines that could affect it. Example, the sovereignty of God. He greatly affects the gospel if it's not believed or taught properly. Say a man says he doesn't agree that God is sovereign over all things. Well, then we, we've got a problem. This greatly affects the gospel. This is worthy enough to divide over, in my opinion but not without discussion. And another person says they don't believe in musical instruments, okay? <laughs> one person says they do. Well, deal with it. <laughs> you can tolerate one another in love. You can love one another in Christ. What, what a foolish thing to divide over. You, you, we're, we're so stupid. You know, we, we ought to just give deference to one another in love and allow each man or woman to be convinced in his or her own mind as to what is right and false. The Lord's going to teach his people. Do we trust him too? That's about all. Grace and peace.